It's like Sillip Bang. It's exactly like Sillip Bang. Yeah, this it's is... It's exactly <laughs> like Sillip Bang. The guy's sitting there, honestly... This thing fixes things quicker than you'll ever know! Wow! Wow! Bang and the crease is gone! The letter B. Thanks so much for choosing this episode of The Dictionary. It's the funny side of the dictionary. We do one letter each week, and we are on the letter B. I called you Paul Gannon, B-boying. B-boy. Any ideas? It's not to do with the character from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You mean Bebop? Oh, Bebop. Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, it's not not that. No. B-boy. B-boy is, uh, B-boying, in fact, is the correct term for breakdancing. Oh! The mainstream media in the 80s called it breakdancing because they were afraid of what it really was. Yeah. uh, Which is uh, youngsters from America and Puerto Rico. Uh, expressing themselves. People who do uh, b-boying are b-boys and b-girls. There are four kinds, top rock, down rock, power moves and freezes. Give me one right now. Uh, I can pop and lock. That's pop pop and locking. Epileptic worm, what is that? (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Let me see the names of the crews at this year's B-Boy Championships World Finals. Okay. 23 Style, Accidental Gentleman, they came from the UK. Nice. All Style Gang, Breakadelics, it's pretty difficult to come up with a name for a breakdancing crew, isn't it? Slovakia entered a crew called the Filthy Force <laughs> and represented the UK. I don't know where they finished, but I hope they did very well. Fish and chimps. See, I don't know if that's good or maybe racist. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Even worse. What? The UK, right? We're terrible at these names. We entered the Sexecutioners. Oh, God, that is awful. <laughs> they are bad. Russia entered a team called the Predators. i got to be careful. Get those checked before you let them in. Yeah, you do. So if you're into it, if you fancy throwing down a mat, we're game. We're going for a little b-boying. Dun-dun, dun-dun. Right. You're spitting everywhere now. I'm not. What did you call me? I called you bibbling. Like the robot from Buck Rogers in the 25th century. No, that's what he said, and it wasn't what he was. He was called Twicky or Tweaky. Twicky? Twinky. Twinky. No, Twicky. Twinky? Little robot. Little robot voiced by Mel Blanc, mm-hmm. who would do the biddy biddy. Although anyone could have voiced it. It wasn't, a, it wasn't his p- best work, was it? It wasn't his best work. Mel, can you just say biddy biddy biddy, and that's it? He also said, What's up, bud? And then go home. Or something like and that. And we'll use that on a hotkey for hours. And he had a computer round his neck, which so I never understood. Bib- oh, yeah, bibbling. 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 bibbling is a verb. It means to eat and or drink noisily. So, you know, you're kind of, put, like, for instance, it's on a bus in London. There's a woman. Sitting next to me, opens up a big bag of hard-boiled mints and starts to eat them as if they were Tic Tacs. And everything's a crunch and a slurp. And eventually, I can't hear the music anymore because yeah. all I can hear is a... As I get older, though, I find, whole bag. I find more pleasure in food in terms of I like to have a nice cup and go... Oh, yeah, that's fine, though. That's what I mean. So, bibbling is not... In public, bibbling seems to be a nuisance. It's a nuisance, but in the comfort of your own yeah. home... If you want to bibble... You know, if you want to suck that Maltesers chocolate off, mm, go and do it. You what I like to do, though, is shove a bunch of Maltesers in my mouth and then try and start a conversation with the person next to me. Without them realising... alone. Without them realising that I've got a mouth full of Maltesers. They now, think I'm having a stroke. Right. <laughs> That's a good game to play, the Bibble Test. And this is the Brouhaha podcast. Brouhaha, a noisy or overexcited reaction or response to something minor. First coined in French 16th century dramas where devilled characters would uh, point themselves out to the audience by walking on stage and going, 
Bruhaha. Closely resembles the Hebrew for blessed is he who comes, which is why they kind of twisted it to make it devilish. So when next time I'm in bed with a lady, I'm going to let the end go, bruhaha. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> well, might happen. Uh, we would obviously call a bruhaha a storm in a teacup, which I think comes from the fact that it's a brew in the first place. That's good. I never thought about that until right now. So we call it storm in a teacup. The Americans call it a tempest in a teapot. Of course they do. They always they, put the words wrong. It's got to be different. In both Nepal and Hindi, they call it making a mountain out of rye. And in Persian, it is when a raven became 40 ravens. Okay. So the idea that we make a mountain out of a molehill yeah. exists universally. It is not limited to the pedantry of Great Britain. Uh, that's nice to know. It exists all over. I like that. This is The Fictionary, a weekly word-based podcast looking at the funny side of the dictionary. We're doing the letter B. We would love it if you could have a go, give us a suggestion for a word, mm. or any feedback on this episode. You can tweet us at Thick Podcast. In fact, chances are you could tweet us right now and one of us will pick it up. You can find us on Facebook, listen to every episode at Thictionary.com. Time for another round of Cheat, 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 Cheat Letters. You can't do your still impression every week. What? No, just don't. It's not fair. Really I don't a have a bit yet. Letter. I'm rubbish at All I've got is Northern Comedian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Time for a cheat letter for Words of Friends and Scrabble. This is the highest in both, okay. and it ends in the letter B. Okay. So it gets you 22 in Scrabble, 26 in Words of Friends. It's the highest B ending word. Yeah. Coxcomb. 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 Spell casting, C-O-X-C-O-M-B. Coxcomb. But what does it mean? No, I don't know. You'll find out before the end of this episode. And because you were so terrible at it last week, Paul Gannon, in the game The A-Team, right. I thought I would do another test of your sporting knowledge. Oh, God. This is the B-Team. Oh, hooray! With the A-Team theme tune. Oh. Five sports teams whose nicknames all begin with the letter B. you got to get better than nothing. Oh. I might just, just start let, deducting points. Just, last, week point? you, last week you said the LA Lakers twice, right? Well, I could have said egg. Right. Eventually I might have gotten one question right. Let me help you out. Canadian football, the nickname for this team is the Banjo Pickers. Right, so... What are they called? Um, the... Is it? The yep. Bastille Day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Banjo Pickers is the nickname for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, of course. Yeah. Here we go, number two... This is a football team in one of the top divisions of this country, but right. not the, the top. The Bantams. Not like Pato Bantam. Bantam. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments, girl, on your kiss. Bantams. Um, Bantams. The, um, They're from the, the north. Burnley. No, Bradford City. Bradford City. This one, I'm familiar. I hear this nickname all the time. Yeah. Big D. Big D. Right. <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Big D, which sports team? They're an NFL team that go by the Big D. The, not the Denver Broncos. The, uh, the, 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 the... Not the Dynasty the, Indians. The, 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 not the Dynasty Indians, the I other know, ones. The Cleveland Indians. Oh, I don't know. The this Dallas is Cowboys. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Number four, this is a baseball team, the Boys in Blue. All right, the Boys in Blue. They are the Cannonball United. A great guess. Half a point for being hilarious. Yeah. But they're the Kansas City Royals. Shame. And finally, this is a derogatory term used by opposition fans. Oh. The Bummers. Right. (laughs) 
Is it Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> Great guess. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh, shame. Paul Gannon, you scored zero slash five, but uh, half a point for punditry. Well. Hooray. Time for this week's Big Four Words on the Dictionary, letter B. Here we go. And I'm going to start with... I don't know if this isn't a bit too serious, so let's just try and have fun with it. All right. I'm going to start with Brexit. It sounds like what you have uh, after your bowels were evacuated after breakfast, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, or some Weetabix branded yeah, thing. That all brand went straight through me. I had a Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in fact, it is the 23rd of June, the date in which the United Kingdom will decide whether to stay in or out of the European Union. It's where we'll find just how idiotically racist this country thinks it is. It's a really difficult one to unpack, right? We joined the EEC... Uh, the European Economic Community in 1973. Yeah. But we waited 15 years before everyone else to do it, before we went, oh, yeah, we'll give it a go. Right? But did, have you seen that sketch online? Uh, I can't remember who's made this now, but it's Patrick Stewart. Hmm. And it's like, we want to leave Europe, but actually it's a retake. The Guardian actually did it, I think. Okay. Did a retake of it where it's the sketch from Holy Grail. You know, ah. the life of Brian. So, you know, yeah. what do the uh, Romans ever do for us? Yeah. Well, what about this? It's that sketch. It's like, what has Europe ever done for us? Well, they said that we're not allowed to torture people anymore, that we have in custody and we're allowed certain but safeguards. What did, what did Europe really do for us? Let's think. Yeah. Pornography. Yes. Cannabis. Right. Red wine. Sex. Great cheese. Yeah. Disneyland. The Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. Package holidays. Yes. Sexy Swedish Scandinavian women. The sitcom Duty Free. Hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> Any movie based on a sitcom <laughs> in the UK where the plot involves going to somewhere abroad. White wine. I'm trying to think of all the other, like Italy. What does Italy give us? Oh yeah. my God, pasta, pizza. The Swiss, chocolates. Yeah. Watches that work on time. Uh, Latin, which helped yeah. fundamentally create the language we're talking about right now. Very well protected bank accounts. Yeah. What did we give Europe? Benny Hill. See, it's a difficult one. Football really, violence. It? Yeah, it's hard because actually we we can't we cannot if we were honest and held a mirror up to ourselves. We've done nothing. But also ask Europe to hold a mirror up to us. They would not be as uh, thankful. Yeah. As we think. We so are. do you think it's less about whether we should stay in Europe? It's more about whether Europe should be asked to stay with us? It's all about cooperation. The union is the key thing. Yeah. We're not even the United Kingdom anymore. No. Scotland are independent. Wales wants to be independent. We're going to give back Northern Ireland in 10 years. Oh, we? A taxi driver in Belfast told me that. All right, cool. I'll... So actually we, we can go, yeah, we're going to look after ourselves, thanks. But nobody else wants to be with us. No. What I basically understand from it all is politicians don't care about us. They care about horrible, boring things like business and trade and banking revenue and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And what they don't care, ultimately, is about you and me working every day to try and keep a roof well, over our head. No, physically, you and I, no. But more broadly, what is good for the average person, possibly. Nah. Yeah. Depends on who they think the average person should be. And it depends and on the politician. Exactly. Depends on the politician. The Everyone's bottom line is, we should all join Canada. Let's uh, I actually would love to live in Canada. Trudeau, who's the president, fascinating guy. Because he, he's the only politician that history to ever go to the gym. Not only that, but his dad was also um, Prime Minister of Canada before him. Yeah. Very well-respected, well-loved, you know, Canadians are all the same. Jacques Villeneuve's dad. Yeah. They all do the same. But this new guy, fascinating guy. He's he's basically like a trendy, young, you know, he he was... He works with the crowd, but he goes, most of his friends who grew up with him still call him his name in yeah. public. And he goes, you can't do that. So here's the rule. If you can see my tattoos, you can call me by my first name. If you can't, you've got to call me Prime Minister. Dangerously liberal. 
I think that's the phrase you're looking for. You've got to be, care- <laughs> got to be careful with these new wave politicians, you know. Uh, anyway, that is a, a very brief, basic, rubbish discussion on the Brexit. The UK will decide once and for all on June the 23rd. The word I've got today, just a little one to get started, is bangstry. Interesting. Off you go. Bangstry. It's a lovely word. Its definition, as we understand it now, is masterful violence. Yeah. The idea of something violent and yet beautiful. But its derivation is Scottish, where they simply use it as the word violent. <laughs> so the idea is, oh, they're having a bit of an argle bargle, and it all led to some exquisite bangstry. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's like this lovely little word. Yeah. Um, it was first put in on print in 1912 in John Stephen Farmer's A Dictionary of Slang and Quilloquial English. It's got other terms. You can call someone a bangster, so like a bully or a braggart. Yep. So, you know, like that guy over there, he took my dinner money. He's a bangster. Hmm. Or a banker these days. Very similar definitions. That feels like you put two words together. I did. Yeah. <laughs> the only way I can think about it working now, so that's probably be the work of Rick Mayo and Aid Edmondson. Yeah. Because they, when they did Bottom and the Young Ones, I thought what they did was, you know, masterful violence. I thought there was a lot of beauty there. Yeah. And okay, that just stems from slapstick, which also stems from the Three Stooges, comedians yeah. like that. So there is an art, I think, to violence. You look yeah, at like true. Kill Bill or Tarantino films. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry is mm. great. Bang Street. Right, well then let's go back a little bit further. The word itself, bang. Bang. Arguably bang is the most onomatopoeic word we have in the English language. Yeah. Uh, but it's not an English word. What? Fact. So bang comes from the 1540s. It means to strike hard with a loud blow, obviously. It's from the Old Norse banger, to pound with a hammer. And Of course. They describe it as being a word of echoic origin. When did it first become slang to mean have sexual intercourse with? Uh, <laughs> almost <laughs> the second after it was invented as a word, probably. Yeah. When the uh, Norse uh, gods, the Vikings, would hit their women with a hammer? Yeah. Uh, in fact, 1937. Yeah, and the thing is, if you get have sex with a you know Norse god, you are going to feel Thor in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You are, you are storming so, it today. I'm so aren't you? sorry. Which means next year, uh, 2017, is the 80th anniversary of the word bang being used to mean have sexual intercourse. That's with. excellent. And if you were to have banged somebody back in 1937, yeah. they would be like nearly 100 now. Double celebration. Wow. Two letters from the Queen. Uh, the, <laughs> the Big Bang, when was yeah. that first coined? I don't know. Was it Stephen Hawkins or something? No, 1949. An English English astronomer called Fred Hoyle during a BBC radio interview, although the theory of things existing and stretching and disappearing apart from each other, but also everything having started from a finite point, Mm. goes back way before that. Okay, but the term itself wasn't a thing, like the God particle. Yeah. And also uh, popular in comic books, where they've got this whole great comic book language to describe sounds and actions. Well, like Batman the TV show, isn't it? Yeah. Boof. Well, the most popular are pow, kerpow, thwack, screech with a K, clang, zap with three A's, wham with three A's, vroom with three O's, and zwoosh, not a word, but we'll take it, also with three O's. So the next time you bring up bang in a sentence, just be careful. You might be in a haircut, you might be in a Batman punch, you might be in the start of the universe, you might be in sexual intercourse, or in fact, you might mean smacking something with a hammer. And that would be bang out of order. (laughs) (laughs) Right, go on then, last one from you. Right, my second word is Barnumize. 
Do you know what that means? Barnumize. Barnumize. What do you think Barnumize is? I think knowing your sort of uh, penchant for the macabre and Mm. fascinating, I think you're like Barnum and Bailey circusy type stuff. You're on the right track. P.T. Barnum uh, was the guy who was a big showman. He had his travelling circus, wild and wonderful shows. He knew how to... He was the guy who coined the phrase, I believe an idiot and his money are soon parted. You know, there's one born every minute. I think all those kind of things came from him. Uh, The word... Barnumize means to advertise or promote something with outlandish claims. So... This nappy will stop your kids getting wee on the sofa forever. Links aftershave yeah. will make women drop their knickers <laughs> in front of you. Even if you are a 14-year-old boy. P- particularly <laughs> if you're a 14-year-old boy. No, so I found the definition for this yeah. in many places, but the one that struck me was a website called fastmarketingplan.com. Good place to go. And this is what they say about it, right? I'll just read it as they have it on the website. So, based on promoter and showman P.T. Barnum, Barnumize means to advertise or promote something by using exaggerated claims or hyperbole. While often these outlandish claims are easily rebuffed, the core ideas behind the words, which is incredible, easy and amazing, give customers amusement or curiosity towards the offers and hopes towards successfully using the product and its services. Now, a contemporary example of this is the late pitchman Billy Mays. You've all seen him selling OxyClean and other products on the TV. His sideshow Barker cadence, his work shirt uniform, his monochromatic hair and beard have made him beloved, lampoon and reviled. Importantly, it was highly effective, selling millions of dollars of products. He's living proof that almost any fool with nineteen ninety nine in his pocket and available to pay for shipping and handling is soon parted. <laughs> and so then it goes into breaking down the fact that you should use barnumizing in your product. Of course. So would barnumizing my product change its perceived value? Yeah. Oh, look, this cup, if you hold it in two hands, warms your hands while you drink. Yeah. Would that make you want to buy this cup more? If it, if you were selling it to me in winter, yeah, it would. Well, there you go. Maybe that's my marketing yeah. element. It's like Silic Bang. It's exactly like Silic Bang. Yeah, this it's is exactly <laughs> like Silic Bang. The guy's sitting there, honestly. This thing fixes things quicker than you'll ever know. Wow! Wow! Bang, and the crease is gone. Another use for the word bang. Think about it. What have you bought recently? You can say the advertising was barnumized. Like, have you bought links on the basis that you will definitely get a shag? L'Oreal for men. 48-hour underarm shirt protection, no cardboard. So it's a guy playing squash and running around. I mean, I don't wear shirts unless I've got to go to a wedding. What happens with T-shirts is that you do get that cardboarding, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, you do. We call it cardboarding. So now they sell these deodorants and they go, anti-cardboarding. Yeah, but it's a problem that it's created itself. Yeah, and the trouble is, unless you wear a T-shirt after you started using the deodorant, as in, if you've worn that T-shirt with a different deodorant first, you're on the road to cardboarding. So how do you come back from cardboarding? They tell you to just use this deodorant, throw out all your old clothes and start again. Burn your house down. All you need is this deodorant to start living a perfect life. Change your entire way of living. Shocking. Just to avoid I thought what I'd do to end this segment, though, is show you some of the best examples of barnumizing. So I've got a YouTube clip I can bring up. Listen to this guy trying to sell you his (laughs) furniture outlet store. Can't get credit in my store. You can't get credit anywhere. My name is Mark, and you can count on it. Sorry, with that voice, would you count on anything? I would not say no to him, though. He sounds like he's telling me, he's forcing me to buy it, otherwise he's going to kneecap me and my grandma. So there you go, some of the best Barnum ship in the world. Great, thank you. Time for the results of this week's Cheat, 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 Cheat Letters. It will score you 22 in Scrabble, 26 in Words with Friends, 30 seconds to tell me what you think Coxcomb is. Starts now. Right. 
Is it something to do with the body? It is not. Uh, no, it no. is not. So it's not like like the coccyx. No, but great guess. Coxcomb. Is it a type of soup? It is not. Where do you get that from? I don't know. Because like oxtail soup. No. Is it Co- coxtail soup? Is it? Um... Ramis has never come around your house for dinner. <laughs> Five seconds. Uh, is it a flower? Is it a uh, la- a twig? Is it some kind of thing you put in a, in a sauce? A coxcomb is many things. But is it like um, a- a- echinacea? Is it like one of those things? Coxcomb is an edible plant. Oh, there you go. It's also the coxcomb diagram that's made famous by Florence Nightingale. It's also a mineral habit. It's also a mountain range in Southern California. It's also a moth. It's also a Jacobean stage what? play. A man overly concerned with his appearance in 17th century England, like Fop. Oh, I've you'd got be, to bring that back. You'd be a coxcomb. Look at this, Captain Coxcomb over there. <laughs> <laughs> or the hat of a court jester, coxcomb. And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Fictionary. Uh, if you liked it, then great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. We spent a, a fair amount of time putting these words together. Go and give us a rating on iTunes or Audio Boom or Stitcher. Mm. Or just listen to another episode if you want more. You can get to everything through Fictionary.com. I would say, Paul Gannon, this week's episode has been babbled. <laughs> <laughs> it probably has been. I like consider this episode Ballyhoo. And I would say it has been partially Blue Tool, the nickname given to someone who rarely takes off their Bluetooth earpiece. Oh, right. Okay, because I thought about when you have a cold penis. <laughs> Certainly not. No, that would be... Where is it again? I can't see it. Somebody get the, the magnifying glass out. Blue Tool. It's sort of common in the early 2000s when wow. the mobile phone boom took yeah. off. I remember for five minutes I was a Blue Tool. I was for a little bit as well. I, I was enamoured with it. Getting out of the car, hooking it over my ear, and then going shopping in Asda, and nobody rang. What a <laughs> This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.